You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are hypnotherapist and urban shaman Carlos Casados and acupuncturist and occupational therapist Satch Purcell. For this episode, the Authenticity team took a road trip from our home in Orange County up to Los Feliz in Los Angeles to interview John Kim, the angry therapist. Now, in addition to being a licensed therapist, he's also an author, speaker, teacher, and all-around badass. We were really impressed with this guy. He's got a great sense of humor, but he's also got a lot of serious wisdom. His new book, which will be coming out soon, is called I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck. One of the main themes of this conversation is masculinity, what it means to be a man in today's society. Now, whether you're a man or a woman or none of the above, there's something for you in this conversation. So, could you, what is your background exactly? So, you're a therapist, like yes. a therapist. I used to be a screenwriter, uh, got married early. And my uh, definition of happy was to sell the million dollar screenplay so I could have the Range Rover Porsche combo in the horseshoe shaped driveway in the Hollywood Hills. That was my blue, big blueprint. I grew up in Los Angeles. And so I was chasing that, right? And I uh, got married, um, a beautiful actress, and the marriage started falling apart. Uh, she was uh, started to get a lot of success, and I was at home. Uh, usually at a Starbucks 14 hours a day just punching keys, you know, like mm-hmm. a death of a salesman kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I got some work. I, I mean, I, I sold like one thing, but it wasn't enough to sustain as a career. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my own therapist, and he said, if you can't make movies, what do you want to do? Um, and I was like, uh, you know, I've been wanting to make movies since I was 10, and if I can't move people by the masses, I'll do it. When, I want to do what you're doing. I want to be a therapist. And in my idea, I thought that was like, the perfect life, you know, um, office with the silver balls and the, the mm. wrinkle-free pants. It just seemed like very, it's like a nice, you know, it's like, you know, I'm just going to, this seems mm. very comfortable to me. I wouldn't do this. And you could help people. It's empowering. Uh, so he told me to go back to school. And I'm a C student. Um, I was the kid in school who my SAT scores were so low, the vice principal called me down and asked me if everything was okay at home. And I was wondering if he would have asked me that if I was an Asian, but um, <laughs> um, I just crappy C student, you know, went to a Cal State school, just fucking around my entire life. So the idea of going back to school was like, you know, no, I can't do it. He said two years, it's just a master's, you already have your BA. So I did that. But what he didn't tell me is after that, that's just the beginning. There's 3,000 hours mm. of faith to get your license, and then there's this giant exam at the end. Right, so it was a couple years of school, and there's all that clinical yes. stuff Yes, so the do. school yeah, was yeah. nothing. The school was like, I actually got straight A's. It was really fun. It, was, it changed my life. And then it was now it's time to get hours, and that's where I think the system is broken. Hmm. Um, you're working shitty jobs. You're getting no pay. Sometimes you have to pay to get the hours. You already have, you have student loans. You're very, it's lonely. It's burnout. Mm. Um, so by the time you come out of that system, you're like, I don't even want to be a therapist anymore. Luckily for me, the safety net was when I was going through this journey, I was also going through a divorce and I created this little blog called Angry Therapist. And it was my way of um, just kind of, it was a journal that I decided to just, you know, express myself with, you know. And my very first post was called My Fucking Feelings. And um, I think people thought it was interesting that there was this Korean therapist who was like, you know, um, I'm divorced. I'm also a therapist. I'm broken. How can I help you? And then I started documenting my life. 
uh, I never planned to create anything. It was just kind of for me. And uh, so I, you know, so I found CrossFit. Uh, I started documenting my hero's journey. Um, got some tattoos. Um, Those are really cool tattoos, by the yeah. way. Thank you. I mean, appreciate yeah. that. Those Fascinated with them. They're bookmarks, so I don't get tattoos really for cool. visuals. That, that means something to me. Um, and then I said, you know what? I think there's a better way to help people help people. Um, and people ask me why I'm angry uh, because the system's broken, you know? And so that's when I created the Catalyst Life Coaching Intensive. So my own like life coaching training, that was the birth of that. Uh, so that is now a full startup with a team. And then the Angry Therapist is me and my, my own brand. And uh, through that, I created this book, uh, which comes out this year. Uh, and the, and the, the fire for that book was when I was working in nonprofit and I learned that uh, we live in a fatherless nation. So dad's either not present physically or emotionally. And so I saw the product of that. So I saw um, thousands of kids, uh, high school kids, um, uh, struggling with addiction, eating disorders, all that. And, um, you know, the girls were standing too close. The guys were either wanting to be me or wanting to fight me. And none of them had dads, you mm -hmm. know. And so that was the beginning of me getting very interested in men. Hmm. You know, not in that way, but you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. You're safe here. This is a safe space. This is a, okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> so that's, that's, yeah. Um, and that's it. And so, so I've, the flag I've been running with is um, creating a dialogue uh, to uh, four men and two men to, to, to challenge their definitions. Not mm. for me to put mine on them. Mm. But, oh, yeah. You know, nice, nice. And that's just, beautiful. just, I think, the temperature of today in the world, millennials, um, I don't know. The kids coming up, I think it's very confusing for them. Um, what does a man look like? You know, how does a man love? Yeah. You this, guys, authenticity, vulnerability, yeah. all that stuff. A lot of times uh, people, men especially, uh, in locker rooms and stuff, see that as a weakness. Um, all of that. You know, and, 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 and a lot of people are miserable, a lot of men, but they're not allowed to feel that way or show themselves because we're supposed to fix shit. So if we're, if we're miserable, we need to take care of that. Um, so there's a lot of logic, a lot of, you know, right. instead of like actually allowing yourself to be okay or a feeling that you yeah. don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy or I'm sad or I'm heartbroken, you know? Right, right. So, so if you're, you're a man and you're miserable, that's the first thing you got to fix. And yes. how, how the hell do you fix that? There's, I think right. there's shame it's, behind yeah. that. There's embarrassment. Right, right. There's like, I got, I got a man up, you know? Okay. I'm miserable that like, I need a man up and, and. A lot of times when we're miserable, uh, we do things where we're running away from ourselves instead of toward ourselves. So mm -hmm. that's going to be through um, any addiction, obviously, uh, from food to working out to drugs, alcohol, all of that stuff. Or maybe work. Men drown themselves in work, you know, thinking that that's going to make them happy. Uh, so we end up have a, having a lot of men, I think, in this world who are uh, walking shells, right? They're not three-dimensional beings mm -hmm. with feelings and discomfort and tears and all of that they're just like no emotional intelligence no emotional intelligence and then they yeah. get into relationships and then the, you can't build anything if, if if you don't show yourself you know yeah um and then they all come to me <laughs> no, no i'm just kidding yeah. um and then and then and then, oh, and then and then also like seeing therapists is, is also no-no so it's like then yeah, where, where, right. where do you go for help shame with that too. right yeah yeah uh, admission of weakness yeah something. so they just go to the gym yeah. Right. Yeah. Or they just pour themselves into work or other things. So they're basically running away and they're numbing. They build a brick house around themselves. Hundred percent. Yeah. They 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 create a moat around their 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 castle, I guess.
What does it look like for a man to go on a date these days is very different. Oh, yeah. So in, I grew up in the 80s, so when I was dating, it was in maybe the 90s. Um, if I got a date, which meant that I had to go actually, you know, have the balls to ask someone out, and right. she said yes. With real words. It was, a, it was yeah. a fucking event. Then I would go wash my car. I would line the CDs up in my, in my you know, I would go to the movie <laughs> theater, buy the ticket. Like, it was a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Today, it's basically uh, humans are just salad dressing. We're just, you know, uh, swiping. You see someone, uh, and, you, and you're going to meet them for coffee for 10 minutes. As you said, swipe left culture. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. Disposable yeah. Um, filters. Also, we hide behind our phones. So who appears probably uh, isn't what you, the fantasy you have in your head from their Instagram. Yeah. And then um, it's a meeting and it's an evaluation. There's a lot of judgment. There's a checklist. And with, it's like speed dating. You know? It's like really fast. And there's no human connection. There's no human exchange. Yeah. And so when you know, everyone's doing this, uh, dating is dead. Uh, I wrote an article on Medium called Dating is Dead, and it wasn't that the article was so amazing, but it went viral because it hit a pulse, because everyone can, can they, they, they get can it, relate. like mm -hmm. dating yeah. is dead. Mm -hmm. And so all, all the women that kind of come to me um, for relationships and they're single, completely frustrated. No one says they love what dating has become. Like, I've never heard that. It, it's like, I hate what it mm. is, it's frustrating, um, men ghost. I get catfished, like all these bad, mm. bad, like uh, wow. disconnecting, you know. Yeah. Well, and yeah. so it doesn't set up men for positive experiences. Right. Um, I think Tina was mentioning uh, on the way up here just that uh, she's noticing that, it, that she feels a little bad for a lot of guys that she knows because there's so much pressure for the guy to be the initiator. And yet, yeah. you know, what, what, is, what constitutes as an unwanted sexual advance these days? Can get it starts to get a little bit gray because even though there may be the intention of being respectful um there's still the pressure that you have to be the initiator yes so how do you do that how do you do that safely how do you do right. that without um overthinking it to the point where you now messed with your ability to feel right a passion to feel the urgency i mean you know uh, intimacy requires feelings yeah i just wrote something and it was uh, intimacy is about connection not skin yeah and um, we live in a world where um, being intimate is terrifying. We live in a world where we could hide very easy. Um, to overthink it almost. To overthink it, yeah. right? We also live in a world where because of the internet and, and, and you know, how we live on our phones, um, we're not seeing people, we're seeing caricatures, right? We're seeing brands. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a brand now, including myself. So true. Yeah, we're seeing so um, a present, so how someone is presented instead of who they really are. And a 10 minute meeting at the coffee shop isn't enough to peel layers, you know? And so there's a huge disconnect, you know? And it's like, well, what do we do? Um, I'm just one door in. Hashtag identity. Identity, right. And, and I, uh, I'm going in through the way that makes sense to me in my story, and that is uh, creating conversation with men, hmm. you know? So I think that's, it's not the only way in, mm. but I think that's one way in, uh, yeah. you know, to yeah. go in and start making some kind of ripple or change. You yeah. know? Nice. That's, nice. Um, I'm glad you're doing that. Okay. Um, I see um, people like Jordan Peterson also kind yep. of making an effort mm -hmm. to, to, you know, despite the controversy about Jordan Peterson, um, I really enjoy uh, listening to what he has to say. Yeah, very smart uh, guy. Um, smart guy, and, and you know, argumented. You know, controversy is not bad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's conversation. It's you getting know, people so. to pay attention. Yeah, Jordan Peterson, uh, Marcus Aubrey, uh, Lewis Howes. There's a lot of guys out there 
um, creating a dialogue, um, some kind of dialogue, or being an example of mm-hmm. a different type of guy mm-hmm. and living their truth. Yeah. Um, even like Gary Vee, you know, oh, right. who's yeah. doing a lot of stuff, or you know, his definition of entrepreneurship. Um, so I, I think that's a good thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then we get to pick um, who we want to observe and and who we want to be like, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, uh, one of the the earlier pioneers in. Um, uh, working with men like this was Robert Bly. Oh, right. You know, and uh, have you, are you familiar with Robert Bly's no, work? Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a poet. Um, he wrote a, a great book called Iron John. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that, that was a classic. Yeah. That was like one of, the, one of the biggest. Um, yeah. There hasn't been a book about men uh, that big since then. Was that the 80s? Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Was. I think it was it, the 80s. It was the 80s. Yeah. Was yeah. When all the, the jokes started coming around about men gathering together and beating on a drum and hugging. Yeah. Hugging right. a lot. <laughs> right. you know? okay. Yeah. So my Korean name yeah. is Iron. So I was going to call oh, my beautiful. book Iron John. But they're like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Robert Bly would have something. To, he'd, he'd write a poem about you or something. Yeah. Um, it would be hard to... That would be a joke if totally. I called my name, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> but you, you know what's interesting is um, in this conversation that we're, we're having already, right, is we're talking about men and manliness. And something that came to my attention not too long ago um, is uh, when you're looking at uh, neuroscience today. Because, I mean, neuroscience has just been growing in leaps and yeah, bounds. Yeah, and, yeah. and having an understanding of, of what hormones actually do to the brain is, is, is fascinating. It's more nuanced, you know, our understanding of it now. And testosterone is not what we all thought it was. Mm. And this is a very fascinating concept, right? Is that um, when, when we say testosterone, we start to have images. So like... Yeah, well, weights, boners, weights, bones, you know. Right, right, right. Exactly. The alpha male. Yeah, the puffed yeah, out right. chest, right. Exactly, right. all the stuff. Anger, bullies, you anger. know what I mean? Um, yeah, bullies, right, exactly. Yeah. Hair, lot, hair. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're... Okay, hair, yeah, okay. Uh, but, but the reality is, they understand now that testosterone does not make a man behave in those stereotypical male ways, mm. right? It's not what happens at all. Testosterone amplifies your tendencies. So for example, mm. um, if a man is a loving father who really spends time with the kids and is understanding with the kids, takes care of the kids and supports his wife, if he has more testosterone in his system, he becomes more loving to the kids. He becomes more attentive to his wife. Mm. But if somebody is a bully and that bully is taking steroids, now that bully becomes more angry, more bullish. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so testosterone mm. then is it amplifies whatever is happening inside, or right. whatever you're going through. Exactly. Oh, so, so this is really um, it's like alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but what I love about this concept <laughs> is is what's more natural than testosterone? I mean, nature has given males this hormone, right? Right. Right. So, what does it mean about what maleness is? Maleness can be understanding and loving and sensitive it there is a side to that that's that's available there right it can also be strong it can also be um don't take shit from anybody it can yep. it can be that as sure. well right sure. no so more the thing mr is, nice guy yeah so there's this spectrum of maleness mm. you know and mm-hmm. testosterone just amplifies wherever you are in your personality yeah you're reminding me of uh, of a very controversial comedian uh, Bill Cosby um, in an, an old joke that he had about uh, cocaine. He said, yeah, I take cocaine. Uh, you know, well, why do you take the cocaine? Well, it intensifies my personality. And he says, well, what if you're an asshole? <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how we get this idea about what we think something is. And then we always find out that, oh, you know, nature already had a much more diverse yeah. plan for that. 
Yeah. You know. So you know what's interesting is I wonder if we didn't have these images of what testosterone should look like and how it should manifest, maybe testosterone we would allow it to manifest in in different ways that are yeah. actually more yeah. healthy, right? So yeah. when, right, when, right. like when I when you said testosterone, you know, we said muscles and boners and Ferraris yeah. and whatever. Um, <laughs> but if that wasn't the image, if testosterone also meant um, feeling vulnerability or feeling happy, joy, or sad, or whatever. Resilience, even. Yeah, then mm -hmm. actually just redefining that word and allowing that to be something different right. can ripple through your definitions of man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. But the hair, the hair is an issue. <laughs> hair on your back, hair, yeah, okay. it's, it's still an issue. Thanks, testosterone. You know, you're amplifying my hair. <laughs> So, John, did you have uh, heroes growing up? Yes. Um, and you know what? Uh, what's interesting is so my, uh, my dad wasn't a hero to me. And I have to, I have to be very honest with it because I, I can't um, not be who I preached for men to be. And so uh, my dad's an alcoholic. Uh, he came to America. He, he did a lot of great things. Like he joined the military twice. He came to America with $500 and two kids, worked his ass off. Um, but he never um, <clears throat> taught me how to throw a ball. He never uh, told me I was good. He never, um, you know, hugged me, loved me. Like, not a lot of emotional intelligence. That being said, he's also someone who grew up making his own shoes in poverty mm -hmm. in Korea. Like, so, you know, you can't expect someone like that to actually, you know, have studied psychology or, you know. So, yeah. um, but because of that, but that doesn't mean that that's not going to affect his child. So, yeah. um, I grew up with pop culture. So like my dad didn't raise me. I was uh, I was raised by like Hulk Hogan and like Bruce Lee, yeah. and so um, my inspirations, um, people who have uh, I I always tell people that I, um, I I wish my dad was either Wayne Dyer or Bruce Lee, <laughs> one, of, <laughs> one or the other. Yeah, huh? if I had to pick. Um, that being that being, I feel bad because I'm, I'm I'm kind of talking shit he about my dad. Would have lasted longer if it was Wayne Dyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I do love my dad. I do, I do respect his work ethic and all that. Um, I wrote about him in this book because I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't think about this, but I didn't think it was going to be translated into different languages. Now it is, uh, because they, they think it's going to do well. So he actually might read me writing about him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very worried what he's going to say. Yeah. Um, but uh, inspirations, yeah, people who have flipped the script people who have been courageous people have done amazing things in the world like i have a picture of steve mcqueen right yeah. there that poster yeah, i love that it's so great he represents to me he represents adventure i know that he's an actor i've never seen any of his movies but what what he um has taught me is um to seek nectar to get on a i mean on movie sets he's like shirtless and riding dirt bikes and shit like so yeah. that mindset yeah. you know yeah um even people like quentin tarantino who broke broke because uh, me studying screenwriting um, you're not supposed to have pages and pages of dialogue. Um, he broke rules. He did non-linear uh, storytelling, and he was graphic with humor. Like when you when a, when a Tarantino movie comes on screen, it's inst you already know it's a Tarantino movie, right? So yeah. people like that have really inspired um, me, as in like my art, uh, my way to express um, to to see the world differently and, and to be okay with that. Uh, Charles Bukowski, who I don't oh, think yeah. was a good man. 
but he was a very honest writer. He was. And you can't not respect that, mm. right? So things yeah. like that, you know? So I have actually, the inspirations uh, have come from a lot of men and taking different parts and pieces of men and then forming kind of my own. Um, it's like, uh, uh, what's that movie where the, the person takes, uh, is it Hannibal Lecter? Takes the skin. I'm not going dark now. Silence yeah. of the Lambs. Yeah, Silence and it creates lambs, his yeah. own person. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've done that with men. Hello, well, Clarice. <laughs> I don't wear the, the, Hello, the, suit, the skin suit, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, um, well, here's a question for you then. Mm -hmm. um, so if you've been building your own image of a, of a male, you know, I mean, you know, you, you authored that, right? So yeah. what, what, is, what is an ideal male then? I mean, what? What does that look like to you? Um, so I think there is no such thing as a perfect man. That I, because I, every every man that I admire and I respect, and it doesn't matter uh, whatever their gifts are or because of you know whatever they are, uh, I also know they're not perfect and they have you know quote unquote defects. Oh, what a relief! Yeah, yeah. Um, I might qualify. I, I think we're, we are. Uh, I think um, the qualities of a man, um, the ability to look inward, right, um, hard work. Right, like 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 the Rock represents hard work. Right, mm -hmm. waking up at five a.m. and like the yeah. stuff that he does, um, not taking yourself seriously, the ability to respond instead of react. Mm, yeah, that right there yeah. basically takes the hundred percent and down to like nine percent. Yeah, because most men are reactive yeah. based yeah. on their story. Um, the ability to create a safe space. We mentioned that in this room, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That's a, that's a tool, man. That's an ability. And if you can't create a safe space, it doesn't matter if we're talking about relationships or with your buddy. Like if you can't create a safe space, I don't think you're a man, hmm, you know? Nice. So like Beautiful. in my yeah. book, I have 66 tips, but I think those are some things that I think are kind of required to be a man. Hmm. Um, it's not about penis size. It's not about uh, what you drive or how big your empire is. Um, I think it's about character, you know, who you are, intention, mm. how honest are you, mm. you know, that kind of stuff. Nice. Who you yes. are when no one's looking. Who you are when no one's looking, mm. right? What are you doing when you're alone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but also gifts and hard work, like that stuff is legit too. You know, I, I, I think if you're on your couch, um, just crossing fingers and hoping good things will happen, I don't necessarily think that that's my definition of a man. Mm. Um, looking inward would be one of the biggest. Mm. Uh, not once, but as a way of life. Mm. Mm -hmm. So like if something happened or, or there's resistance, I have this tattoo, resist nothing, as a reminder to myself. Um, before I even speak, first look inward. Mm. You know, what is it in me that's triggering something? Or why do I not like this person? Or whatever nice. it is, that, that, that speed yeah. bump, that emotional, to look inward first. Um, I know very few, I don't think I know any men. I mean, I know very few, maybe one or two that actually uh, make an effort to do that. Mm. Yeah. I think it's very rare. But here's the thing, if every man did that, it would change the world. Because nice. they would change the relationships yeah. they have with their partners and their children and all of that stuff. Um, road rage, like just, you know, how you treat your servers, like... It, it, something even that small, I think, would uh, set a huge ripple. It's mm. almost like men need to develop double vision. You yeah. know, we have to look outward and we have to look inward mm -hmm. at, at all times. You know, 100%. but I like what you're saying: look inward first. Which is yeah. kind of the fundamentals yeah. of self awareness. 
you know, when people talk about self-awareness, it uh, is basically looking at you. It's holding up a mirror, you know, putting a black light to you in the way that you think in your story, taking ownership. Yeah. So taking ownership is huge. If you can't take ownership, I don't think you are a man. I checked mm-hmm. out one of your YouTube videos where you were talking about three things that every man, oh, that every man. man should, should yeah. do or know. I made that like 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And, but you know what I liked about it was um, uh, you seem to have a knack for developing really simple, effective analogies. Yeah. It's because I'm a C student. Oh, no, okay. seriously, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's because it I can't. Yeah. Uh, so when I went to therapy school, uh, you know, you you learn Freud, you you learn these dense theories, mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself, how am I really going to help people? Um, because I, I have to John Kim it. I got to put it through my filter, and then it's like <laughs> John Kim. And then it's yeah. one sentence, you know. Okay. And so I uh-huh. simplify everything. That's what, that's why my whole thing is a shot class, and I've learned that. Um, that Ther- works for some people. Therapy yeah. in a shot class. Yeah, yeah. coming out yeah. Uh, as in a couple sentences when it enters yeah. in the, you know, the dense second. I, I love it because you know, in that video you had said, um, do walk with mirrors. Yeah. You know, it's that idea mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. look at yourself, pay yeah. attention to yourself. Yeah, not you know, to check your that. hair. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Well, a little bit. But, a little bit. You know, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have cool hair. That's, a, that's after part of you've looked man. inside, yeah. then you yeah. can look at your hair. Then you can look at your hair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I really think... Um, and then, you know, when we talk about fathers and all of that, um, it would change the world. I really believe that because mm. all that. So like, I think, you know, everything starts with mindset, right? So like, like you just said, do walk with mirrors. Yes. If you decide to walk with mirrors for one day, that's great, but that's not going to change right. the, the world. If you put it high on your list and you decide, you know what, it's, it's who I want to be. I'm going to walk with mirrors every day as, as much as I can. And I'm knowing that the more I do it, the stronger that muscle will become mm-hmm. right. So looking inward, like whatever that means to you, walking with mirrors, looking itself. Um, what's going to happen is people are going to notice you doing that, and the people that you work out with, or the people that you do podcasts with, or your friend, or whatever, they're going to be an other man. You know, they're going to be like, "Wow, that's kind of a cool quality." And then it, that shit starts to spread. And then we have two people that are doing it. And then we, you know, and then all, and then everyone has a list of people that they interact with, whether you're a coach or therapist or just, you know, whatever. Um, and so then, you know, it's exponential compounded growth, mm. right? Starting with that one person mm. and then the quality moving on and mm. on and on and on. So nice. Very nice. Who do you, who do you feel, um, most connected to as your tribe? Like when you, when you, you're doing this, obviously mm. you're, you're being authentic. I mean, yep. you're, you're, you're sharing your process. You're, uh, being vulnerable. You're practicing yes. the art of communicating that vulnerability. Yes. Um, broadly, what would you say your tribe is? Yeah. So I love the word tribe because I think the greatest uh, misconception about self-help is the word self, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, we actually are not meant to do life alone. Um, I believe in having different tribes and that it's okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we should have, uh, 50 people in our tribe. And like they all get along there, because so I have so I've got my fitness friends, and I get a lot out of them. Um, and it doesn't mean that we just talk about lifting; we also talk about other things in life. But they're kind of generally my fitness friends, and we we, we ride motorcycles and eat burgers and have beers, right? That satisfies a uh, certain part of me, right? Then I've got other friends that I could sit down and eat crepes with and and talk about my feelings in the world and the universe and how we're all connected. Now my fitness friends have no interest in doing that, maybe a little bit, but they generally don't. And these guys, uh, my, my crepe friends, don't necessarily want to do snatches, talk about squats. Right. But those are, those are both part of me. And so I think it's great to have tribes. This is under the umbrella of self-care. And get what you mm-hmm. want here and get your fuel. And then get what you want here and get your fuel. It doesn't mean that you're fake. 
right? I'm not a, a different person around this tribe and a different person around this tribe. Um, I get different things out of those tribes, right? Makes so sense. then I also have yeah. an entrepreneurial group. Um, and then, of course, you know, intimate relationship and, and all of that. And some of it overlaps. Mm-hmm. But I think it's nice. okay to have different tribes. Yeah. I People like who only have one tribe, like, you know, um, let's, say, let's say you're really into yoga and, and all you have is your yoga tribe. They're not getting the stretch because now their world is very small in that bubble, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage um, the whole box of crayons. Yeah. I see, I see why you're... Uh uh, an effective therapist, an effective coach. Mm-hmm. And subjective, but okay. Yeah. Uh, well, subjective data is good, right? Yeah. We, we need subjective data, right? Um, I was going to say, um, uh, so I'm an acupuncturist. Mm. And uh, one of the things I learned a long time ago about ancient doctors in China mm. is that the local doctor in a village is the person who at one moment needs to be able to treat the emperor. And the next moment they're treating a peasant Ooh, and they've got to have that social sure. flexibility to be able to interact with anybody in society. So you've, that. you've got to eat burgers and ride motorcycles and do squats. Yes. And you've also got to share your feelings. And right. That's and, a and skill. It, yeah. Well, it's not yeah. like that, but it's like, uh, if I'm going to talk about men, I'm not going to just say we need to be vulnerable and meditate and, and, you know, <laughs> drink tea. Like that's. It's not true. Meditate with yeah. weights on you, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that we, all, we all have different parts of us. Uh, and I think that, that that journey, that connection to all those parts, that's what makes you whole. Yeah. And um, you can be into cars and be a gearhead and lift weights. That doesn't make you dumb. That, that's just a part of being a man too. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to look at that and say that that is too much testosterone or whatever in quotes. Um, because I love that shit too. I could talk about motorcycles all day, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I also could talk about love and how I feel. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. <Aww. laughs> uh, isn't that amazing? Um, when you get a chance to interact with people who transcend or at least, um, are part of those concentric spaces, like the, where the, where there's overlap, like you have friends that you can, you can go and do yeah, martial so those arts are the with, unicorns. exercise yes. with, okay, go right. have a fancy meal with, talk about your feelings, so, spirituality, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and you know what? I got to say, for me, those are the unicorns. Um, yeah. I, I love men. Oh, right that's, that's very sweet. Right I, love <laughs> yeah. I love men that actually, um, they have all those elements. Yeah. Um, and when you hang out with them, you could actually uh, share those moments, but also go do some activities and go ride dirt bikes and do all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, but the reason why I think people need separate tribes is because uh, most people don't have that. Mm. Most people have their groups mm. of friends and they're very specific. You know, maybe it's history. They went to college together or maybe it's, you know, their tech or their, you know, this or that. Um, it, it's hard to find a friend who's so like diverse. Yeah. So diverse. Yeah, it's true. It's rare. It's yeah. rare. Yeah. But so what if an amazing you do have friends thing. like that, hold on to them. I was thinking about getting rid of him, so thanks for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, you guys should hold on to each other. I yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry, Very Satch. Nice. Can't get rid of you this week. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. You know, but we're like that, you and I. I yeah. mean, all of our, our close friends are like that. Our close circle of friends are. Yeah. Um, it's very true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you know how Carlos and I met was through martial arts. Oh, nice. So that's a, that's I mean that's warriorship. I mean, yeah, that, what's yeah, more male yeah. than that? Yet this yeah. is the guy that I can cry in front of and tell him about what's what I'm struggling yeah. with in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. you know we we've we've created that range within our circle of friends because we all recognize that we needed that yeah and there's something that we get from other men that we just can't from women we just can't it's true you know there's a there's a male bonding and there's stuff that women get from each other that they can't get from you know men Mm -hmm. um so that's important yeah Yeah. absolutely 
Yeah. Yeah, we need Tina to leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Tina. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Up next, Carlos and Satch continue their amazing conversation with John Kim, the angry therapist. They talk about why it's okay to feel anger, chasing versus attracting, and why dogs are the best therapists. Can we talk about anger? Yes, a bit? of course. Right. <clears throat> okay. So, um, I, I love the name of your, you know, your podcast, the angry therapist. Yeah. And, um, uh, I, I have all kinds of interesting thoughts and ideas and questions about, about anger and where that came from, from your perspective. Sure. Um, now, uh, I think a kind of a neat way to, to start this piece of the conversation is, uh, something that I've quoted before. Mm-hmm. Now my friends know that I like the Eagles, right? <laughs> Don Henley from the Eagles has a, a, a lyric in one of his songs that says, they say that anger is just love disappointed. Mm-hmm. And, um, that really struck me. Yeah. And I've, I've been thinking about that for years now, ever since I've, I've heard that. And, uh, I keep testing it out. Is, is that true? Is mm-hmm. that true? Is anger just love that's disappointed? I wonder. And what better person to ask than the angry therapist? Wow, man. Is it love disappointed? Uh, so I used to be a very angry person. Um, I didn't just, you know, sit there and think, okay, what's a cool, uh, although the happy therapist wasn't that interesting. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was very angry and I was, I was very angry because I was um, unhappy. Uh, I was miserable. I was a miserable fuck. Um, I was also going through heartbreak. So this is, you know, maybe there's truth there where mm-hmm. um, if you have been through heartbreak, uh, then that means you have been hurt. And anger is usually secondary, you know, feeling. So from the hurt, you start to become angry. And then because of the anger, you start coping in, in, in possibly self-destructive ways. Uh, you, you start to run away from yourself. Um, I think anger can also be a, a really a healthy, powerful thing if you channel it right. You know, yeah. if you take your anger and you channel it into street fighting because you are great at martial arts, then that's very self-destructive. And you know, but if you channel that anger into, say, um, being a better artist or a writer, you channel that into your fitness, you channel it into whatever, or or, or you know, running with your uh, cause, your purpose, your flag. Uh, then I think anger can be one of the most powerful things that, that we have. Uh, yeah, but it's also, like, it's okay to feel angry. It's a mature versus immature handling of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not okay to throw chairs and shit, but it's okay to feel anger, yeah, you know? Yeah. Because if you don't allow yourself to feel anger, then it just amplifies. Yeah. <laughs> then now you're bashing yourself because yeah. you know, then there's shame about that feeling. Um, I'm glad you just yeah. said that because um, not too long ago, um, I was angry at somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was disassociating myself from the anger because I was taking the approach that, hey, I'm, you know, a self-improvement person, right? I'm somebody on a, on a bit of a spiritual path. I'm mm-hmm. a mind-body guy, right? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be angry, right. Right? right? And then I took a different approach. I thought, wait a minute, I'm separating myself from anger. That anger is me. I, anger is a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I am anger, mm-hmm. right? And if I'm hungry, I am hunger. And as soon as I, I accepted that, that stop making that anger not about me. That anger is me. I am that anger. Mm-hmm. I am that anger towards that person. 
I suddenly felt better about that person. Yeah, and the I don't think I accepted it. I don't yeah. think that you are that anger. I think you are experiencing anger sure. as you are experiencing hunger, as you're experiencing, you know, horny or whatever it is. Mm, yeah. And so that distance uh, mm. causes you to not internalize it. Yeah. So it's like yeah. out here. Um, yeah. I, I, you guys know who Jack Cornfield is. Yes. Right. So when you think about Jack Cornfield, I mean, he's all about. Um, mindfulness and he's mm -hmm. got the gentle voice and all that mm -hmm. uh, i was listening to something uh, that he was saying on a podcast and he used the word um fuck face <laughs> and i was like holy shit he said fuck face <laughs> and i loved it he was talking about i think he was building something and he was really yeah. frustrated with uh, construction people or something they were you know um dicking him around or whatever um in that moment i realized he's human Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and I know he studies, I think, Buddhism and all this stuff, but he's mm -hmm. human. Yeah. And I think um, my way, the reason why I call myself the angry therapist is it also because therapists aren't supposed to mm -hmm. feel and, or show themselves. Uh, so to have a therapist who's also angry um, is my way of saying that I am also human. Yeah. yeah there's this expectation yes. that therapists lives are perfect and yeah and they have to yeah, be sure. you know emotionally neutral all the right, time right, and, right. and detached right. and things like that which i get yeah. and there's theories yeah. behind that sure um but the byproduct of that is a lot of people um wearing veneers mm -hmm. a lot of people not showing themselves yeah um and i get the boundary stuff i get why clinically that sure, is safe sure. mm -hmm. um but then our visual of a therapist are just a lot of faces not a lot of humans so a lot of cardboard cutouts mm -hmm. and not a lot of three-dimensional people yeah um, that's why i decided to put on the head of a life coach and say you know what the you know if you want to talk about life let's do life while we're talking and let's go uh walk around the lake yeah no, oh it's, God, it's, it seems like it's about congruence more than anything if you if you are congruent with and if you're living or or making your best effort to live the life that you're attempting to convey to others um there's sincerity there's genuineness involved in that and you're not going to be perfect you're yeah you're going to be admitting who you are and you can still give people a lot of great advice or, or even help them to reflect and find answers um but even more so if you can embody the idea of being honest right so mm -hmm. it seems to make a lot of sense Carlos, don't you think the um the word coach right automatically brings up more the idea of, you know, like a football coach, a basketball yeah, coach. It does. You're allowed mm -hmm. to cuss and you're allowed right. to get angry. Right. And there's, you're a, there's to, a lot less, yeah. you know, right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a little also, more friendly kind of thing. Yeah. Because a therapist, the word therapy means to treat. Yeah, right? So you think doctor. To treat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm doing something to you to yeah. make you yeah. better as right. opposed to I'm going to inspire you to, you know, yeah. work harder or to change the way you're approaching something. Indeed. Know? And a coach yeah. um, doesn't necessarily have to be, um, the best football player necessarily. No. They have right. to understand no, no, no. how to get you to right. be right. performing right. at a high level of performance, right. and they have to understand the game and the strategies involved in managing a group of people. They're they're a leader of sorts, and they could also be too old to be doing that sport, but they're still going to give you wonderful advice. Who, who's that awesome uh, coach that you quote sometimes? And he's, oh, um, he's got some really great. He's like a, basically a life coach. Oh, John Wooden. John Wooden. Yeah, there from you go, the yeah. UCLA basketball wow. coach from mm. back in the day. I'm so glad you turned me on to him because everything I've ever seen of him has just been. Incredible. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, you know John Wooden. Mm. Uh, well, um, I, I um, actually, I'm not embarrassed to say it as a man. Uh -huh. um, I know nothing about sports. Well, and I'm okay with it. This. <laughs> 
Satch, what is so, football? Satch is is a, a football fan for right, sure. Right. I'm not, but he turned me on to this this coach, John Wooden, yeah. who's a basketball of, coach. Oh, he's a basketball yeah, yeah, See, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. There's this proof funny. of my ignorance. You right? also know I, nothing about sports. I know nothing about sports. <laughs> this is the thing. I, I, I'm, you know. I'm like out of out of all of our crew. Like you all describe me as like the super kind, sweet, loving guy, and yeah. I'm like on Sundays, I'm like jam the ball down their fucking throat. <laughs> I mean, like I'm like I'm really I'm, I right. like sports, right? So go ahead. Yeah. So that coach. John. Yeah, but he he is um, he's taken that attitude. In a sense, he's a life coach, not just right, a right. a basketball coach. Right. I mean, the, the the focus for him is always on, on mindset and having the proper attitude, not about winning, right. but winning your own inner game of you know who it is that you're you're bringing to the game, not not what the end result of the score is. But, but that's what probably makes him an amazing coach. Truly. And the right. most winningest coach of all yeah. time in yeah. college basketball. You know what I mean? It's just what he did. Yeah. yeah. The other funny thing about him is he remembers the name of every single player he'd ever coached wow. in this entire long career. Wow. Like people are always surprised at that. That's, and that's a person who values people. He does. He values people. Yeah. yeah. But you know the other funny thing about him is he's this actually really sweet, soft-spoken man. Mm-hmm. But he would ride his players in a very different way. Like, oh, right, the other side the, of him. The, his first yeah. lesson for all yeah. the all the all the players he had was, "I'm going to teach you how to properly put on your socks." Because if you don't put your socks and shoes on properly, then you're going to get blisters. If you get blisters, you can't play. Ooh, I like that. You know what I mean? Like that. And he would just you yeah, know, yeah. But one of my um, tips awesome. in here is um, to make your bed. Make and your as bed. As simple as that is. Uh, so when I was married. Oh. I never made, made my bed. I was like, what's the point? It's going to get messed up. No one's coming here. Yeah. Uh, but there's something about getting up in the morning and making your bed because you're telling yourself you're going, now going out to the world to do something. Right. You know, mm. it's more of the psychology. Um, and of course, I was an mm. idiot. And I was a boy. I didn't, you know, I just, I just thought logically it's going to get messed up anyway. Mm. So I never made my bed. But you're also telling your partner that you're 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you <okay. know>? so, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good point. That's right. a good point. That's true. Um, but that, that thoughts reminds me of that. Uh-huh. Um, how small actions like that Mm -hmm. can tell your psychology. I'd like to go back to anger Mm -hmm. for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, A teacher of mine, Michael Watson, mentioned something in, in one of his classes. He said, anger is a distortion. Mm. Anger is a distortion. Mm. He said, what do you mean when you say you're angry? And, you know, he, he started off by asking, well, you know, is anger an emotion? And, and most people are kind of nodding like, yeah, he's like, yeah. but, but is it, you know, is it really describing an emotion or is it just a distortion? So he goes on to talk about it in a little more detail. And, you know, he postulates this really kind of interesting question, which is, you know, uh, if you take anything that you say, say, I love you. You're really sweet. You're amazing. And put that through a really loud sound system and mm-hmm. crank up the volume. Mm-hmm. It's going to make your ears bleed. It's going to hurt. Sure. It's not going to sound sweet. It's going to sound like, you know, yeah. just terrible. Right? So anything that you distort to a large enough extent is going to be painful and, mm-hmm. dis- and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So the question was, um, you know, what kind of anger is this? Are you feeling disappointed? Are you feeling like someone broke your rules? Right. Are you feeling frustrated? Are right. you so feeling where's rage, coming from? hatred? Yeah. Are you annoyed? You know, there's so many different words that you could use for anger, but anger by itself doesn't describe anything. It just says that there's this huge 
annoyance of some kind and you don't really know what it means until yeah. you get down to the, you know, strip back the layers, as you said, the onion, but you know, not to make you cry, but you know, you're just peeling it back to see what's underneath that. Right. What are your thoughts of that? I love that. I, I, so if I was to describe anger, I think it's residue. Huh. Um, I think it's residue from whether it's pain, whatever other stuff that that's happening. Um, I like the distortion piece, you know, because anger usually is what amplifies us to do things. I think anger is also sometimes a reaction. You know, I think when you're not angry, you can actually respond. There's that speed bump. There's that looking inward. I think when people are angry, it's their knee jerk. And that knee jerk is tied to a lot of shit in the past, right? Mm -hmm. Everything from how you were raised to your definitions to what's happened to you. Um, And within, you know, before you can even think, the anger's already out. So... Anger, I think, is a reaction. Anger, I think, is residue from something else, you know, like mm. plaque. And mm. if you don't scrape that shit off or work on it, mm. it's always just, you can have a cavity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're gonna, you know, yeah. that anger is going to, uh, it's going to be like the virus that messes up your life. I mean, I was that way. So I, I'm a big believer in, in our states. Uh, anger is definitely lower frequency states. Yeah. Um, I think we're either creating in a creating state, mm-hmm. which is, um, the higher states, you know, love, gratitude, creativity, um, optimism, all this stuff, or we're in the survival state, which mm-hmm. is panic, uh, victim mode, um, the sky is falling. And mm-hmm. whenever you're in a survival state, you're not going to hit flow states. Whenever you're in a survival state, so right, and this is the difference between chasing and attracting. Mm-hmm. So most of my life, I was chasing, exchanging my truth for membership. Wow. Desperation. I need to sell the screenplay. I need to get the house. I need it or else I'm nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a very lower and nothing happens to you. Stars don't line up when you're in an attracting state, meaning standing on your truth, accepting your story, allowing yourself to feel being grateful for everything you have, you know, also busting your balls and working hard and everything else. Then shit happens. Wow. Doors mm-hmm. open up like, you know, and I'm still building and I'm still, but I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Because I went from a negative uh, chasing state to a positive attracting state. What a great distinction that's, that's, that is. Oh, Isn't that a great that's distinction? Great. Chasing that's awesome. versus attracting. Wow, I like and that attracting doesn't yeah. mean sitting on your couch, crossing your fingers, and just visualizing. Right. I mean, right. you have to put mm. you know, work and intention behind you have to, it, of course. You have to be the attractor. You have to be the attractor. Yeah. Yeah. I think we are all instruments. Yeah. I really do. And uh, I know a lot of people believe in luck and whatever. Um, if I told you how this happened, mm-hmm. it's straight up a miracle. Like, it, 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 it blow you blow your mind how this happened. People think I just got a book deal fail. It did not happen that way. I mm. sent a query letter. No one even takes query letters to an agent that I heard on a podcast who said on the podcast, don't ever send me query letters. I could count on one hand how many I've even read, let alone took on as clients <laughs> in the 30 years I've been doing this. Uh-huh. Did you take that on as a challenge? No, I was... Like, I just had this feeling like that's, I want her to be my book agent. Wow. Wow. She, she had that New York, she's been in it for 30, 30 years. And I was like, I want her. So she was one of the people I sent the query letter to. So she who, answered me. Exactly what she told you not to do. And, what, right? and she answered, not only that, <laughs> she's the reason why this happened. So this is, this so is a manifestation of wow. not only what was in my head, but okay. uh, my story. And then all coming to the, the and so it's higher wow. than me. It's higher frequency shit. Like it's attracting. Wow. Tra- this is an example of being in an attracting state. Right. I believe. So the yeah. manifestation of your book is that. Yeah. And the question is, um, 
If you could go back to that. I forgot the audience can't see what I'm holding up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was holding up his book, he was everybody. Holding up his book. Is he holding up yeah. coffee? What is yeah. he holding yeah. up? Well, that too. Yeah. Um, you know, the person you were being at the time when you decided, okay, if you went back in time and you dropped into yourself and the person you were being at the time when you decided that you were going to write that freaking letter to her because you needed to be uh, aligned with this person, mm-hmm. or that this person needed to be it. Mm-hmm. Who were you in that moment that was different than, say, like an hour before or 15 minutes before? I mean, did you shift into something that you decided, hey, this is me. This is this is who I need to be. It, it, it was. Um, um, so uh, I, I teach a lot about um, this concept I heard a long time ago, which is to me, by me, for me, through me. So to me is the most powerless state. And that's when, you know what, my boyfriend dumped me. Um, but that being said, there is shit that happens in the world that is legitimately things sure. happen to us, like sure. sexual assault, mm-hmm. car accidents, you know, people getting eaten by tigers. There's mm-hmm. nothing, there's that, that's, but that mindset I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. if you have a to me mindset, right? So my 20s and 30s, I was very victim mode, you're powerless. Um, by me is basically my way or the highway. I can do this all by myself, which is not sustainable and it's a very e- lot of ego. For me is when you get to a place where you're like, I deserve this. I deserve a book deal. I worked my ass off, right? But the highest is through me. Through me is when you actually believe you're a conduit mm-hmm. and there's working something working through you. Um, very little, no ego. And so we kind of fall in and out of these states. And so with this, even when I was sending the email, um, I was in a very through me state. And then I was thinking about all the people that uh, I could reach, the importance of having a conversation about men, um, things that weren't about me or the house that I want, or the car that I want, right? Mm -hmm. And I think even that energy and that intention of being in that state, I think that shit ripples. I just don't think we physically see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think that for something in her spidey stance or some whatever made made her answer this email, Mm -hmm. and then she read it, and then she, you know what I'm saying? And you could call it timing or whatever, uh, that turned into, I think I could sell this, and that turned into meetings, and you know, of course there was a lot of other hiccups there, whatever, but this was a manifestation, I believe, of being in a through me state, in wow. an attracting state. Mm. Now, if I answered, if I asked, if I wrote the email like, "Fuck, man! If I don't get this, my I'm I'm over. I'm nothing. This is the last chance I have. I have mm-hmm. no." Like, if I did it out of desperation, mm-hmm. spam box. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, mm. uh, to me, by me, for me, and through me. Yeah. Wow, that's a great, wow. that's a great model to work. Yeah, I like most that too. People like live, that yeah. Most people live. In a Toomey state. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, could see he that. left me. Yeah. He did this to me. He, he, they took my money. They, you know. Right. I, I'm instantly, as you, were, as you were describing that, I'm thinking of all these different events and situations and times in my life when I've been all of those at different sure. times. Yeah, sure. And me the too. results of each one of those. Like, yeah. I can think of times when sure. I was more like that and I was feeling a certain way and I was more like something else when things right. were working out. Mm-hmm. And right. So, I mean, instantaneously, I, I see it. It's also micro mm-hmm. and macro. So, you could take a day and you could kind of say, where, where am I and what stages? And you kind of go through. Or you could say the last 10 years... Have I generally been in a through me mm. or have I generally been in a to me or for me? For me is not bad. For me is where you actually kind of turn the corner and believe that you start deserving mm-hmm. some shit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. seems like, you know, those of us on a personal growth, self-development path need to start looking at our lives through those filters. Otherwise, we're not going to understand, um, you know, the pattern well enough to be able to excel and yeah. to thrive yeah. and get beyond just the survival space. I think most of us that are, are, are in a survival state, and mm. speaking of anger, when you're there, you are nothing but angry, right? Because mm. you're creating your own prison, mm-hmm. um, aren't aware of it. 
they're blaming other things and why they're in that uh, position or why they're not making money or don't have a boyfriend or whatever it is, being aware that it's their own state and their own thinking that is causing them to be there, I think is the first domino, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the hardest one to push. Mm -hmm. And then you start, because, because, you know, I think there's nothing more convincing than an experience. So like once I had this experience, then it's like, oh, now what else could I do? You know what I'm saying? Then you start, because we're evolving, curious, uh, very ambitious creatures. And so once you prove yourself wrong or you give yourself an experience that you didn't think, that's when shit shifts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when you're kind of pulled out of the quicksand and now start moving in a through me, for me, like up in the higher frequencies. Wow. Um, and I think that's when you start, tra- you start attracting you know, oh, and people yeah. want to be around you and people, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that person has really good energy mm-hmm. or something. Sure. And yeah. then, you know, you, and, and that translates into pitch meetings or whatever you're pursuing. Right. Or if you're an athlete or whatever it is. Um, and then I think it's exponential. <laughs> then I think that that like if you're if you're mm-hmm. pedaling the bike that fast, you mm-hmm. could take your hands off the handlebars. Like I yeah, think it could get to the right, point where right. you're popping wheelies and shit. And uh, then the, the growth and the, the stuff that happens to you can be compounded. Mm. You know, every time we uh, interview a guest, and we've interviewed some pretty pretty amazing people, mm-hmm. um, there's always like one or two present things. Present company included. Yeah, present company included, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always like one key thing, maybe two key things mm-hmm. that I take from those interviews that are transformative moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the this one This is for definitely. Me. Oh, nice. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Very awesome. good. Yeah. Very good. So may, may I just say, yeah, please. Uh, Oh shit! Thank you. Korean. All right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's reminding me of, of something, and I, I think it may have originated with Neil Donald Walsh. I'm not sure, but this whole idea of be, do, have, you know, mm-hmm. that that concept that you um, have to ask yourself, you know, who do I need to be in order to do what I need to do in order to have whatever it is that I want to have, and most people kind of mix the order around. They they learn incorrectly that you have to. Um, do a bunch of stuff and have a bunch of stuff before you can be who you need yeah, to be. Yeah. And it's really not true. And in, in, in those of us who do mindset work or hypnosis or NLP, any of that kind of stuff where you're, you know, creatively visualizing stuff, you're, the, the question of who do I need to be is so important because it'll drive you to do anything that it takes mm-hmm. to get there. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you persist in that long enough, that's not just being in the armchair visualizing what it will be. It's literally getting yourself motivated and shifting your beliefs enough so that you'll take action. And when you persist in that, you'll get it. You'll get something, whatever that result is. Sure. And you'll, you'll get feedback from whatever that sure. is, and you're going to learn from it. Um, so that makes a lot of sense to me. I think also a lot of times what you get um, may not be what you want at the moment. Yeah. But you need to go through it because mm-hmm. seeds are being planted, and there's something amazing that's going to happen from that. So, for example, uh, my idea of a therapist was the latte, BMW, private practice, wrinkle-free <laughs> pants, the colorful mm-hmm. socks and those mm-hmm. silver balls. Like that's what I wanted. That was a dream. Mm-hmm. And if I could just do that and make six figures, I'd be happy, right? Now the idea of that, it would be like hell, nightmare. But I didn't know that at the time. So the universe threw me into nonprofit and I didn't want to work with kids. I didn't want to wear a uniform. I didn't want to feel like a camp counselor, especially after going and getting my master's and all this. But it was in working with teenagers where I got the fire for men which would later turn into a book. Mm. It was working with teenagers where I came up with my own concepts about creating a container and a safe space because uh, they had something called TC, which is therapeutic community, where you rebuild yourself through other people. Mm-hmm. It was in those five years that I 
learned about myself and what it looks like to be a man and to make my bed and not pee in the shower and whatever it is, right? All of that, so it was my own treatment. And now looking back, I think Steve Jobs says that you can't connect dots until you look back. Mm-hmm. When I was in it, I felt like I was in the trenches and I was like, you know, what, I mean, I felt empowered because I was helping people. Um, but looking back, that was the act break. That was the uh, pivotal points in my life where if, it, if I took that out, my story would crumble. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so sometimes yeah. uh, if you stand on your truth and you do what is authentic or what is honest to you and live kind of a through me life, you're going to come across things that you may not want to be a part of, but you should probably lean into because there's something in there, mm-hmm. whether it's a job or a relationship or a friendship or whatever, that later you're going to be like, oh my God, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have this. Reminds me of... Um uh, the Hindu concept that every beautiful lotus that we see on on the surface of the pond is rooted in the mud. Mm. That it started off growing in this sloshy, filthy goop at the bottom of a pond. Yeah. And it couldn't understand that at the time. Right, you know right, what I mean? But eventually right. it, it blooms outside of the water. So, you know, I mean, um, there you have it. You know, we, we have mm. these difficult situations or things that we don't understand and that's that's our... That's our pond scum that we're growing out of. You know? Yeah, and yeah. so if you're in something now and you feel like you are in your pond, pond, pond scum? Pond scum. Pond scum. Yeah, it's a technical or, term. Yeah. yeah. Um, if whatever you're doing, it feels honest to you, um, maybe you're meant to be there. You know, Maybe in that scum, there are diamonds and pearls and other things that you will, uh, won't probably realize till later, uh, but that are going to be uh, pivotal in your story. Yeah. Might yeah. not be what you wanted, but it could be what you need. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or if you sort of, you know, coming back to the, the be, do, have mindset, mm-hmm. right? And we, earlier we were talking about, you know, heroes and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, if you're sitting in the midst of your pond scum, um, say, <clears throat> what would my hero do with this pond scum? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm in this mm-hmm. tough situation, what would, what would this hero of mine do? How would they handle it? Or what would this other hero of mine do? Right, and what so would then Superman who, do. Yeah, what would Superman do? So who do I need to be right now mm-hmm. in the midst mm-hmm. of this messed up situation, you know, uh, in order to use it as fertilizer, you know, yeah. to do something. The yeah. sentence or the mindset, "Who do I need to be?" or "Where do I need to go?" "Who do I need to become?" That's a very empowering, right? Yeah. Instead of like, "Oh, this is who I am and what I've went through." That's yeah, right, very stunting. Right, it's just sealing right. well instantly. Said, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, who do I need to become? Yeah. That's like driving back, driving forward, looking through your rearview mirror the entire time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Why would right. you do that? Right. Yeah. Totally. Right. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So, um, question for you. Yes. Um, is everybody a therapist? And why are dogs such good therapists? Oh, I, so I think, I think Charles Bukowski said that dogs are the angels of earth. And I believe it because <laughs> you could just, you could just, they're so transparent. You could see what they're thinking just by their eyes. <laughs> yeah, right, right, um, right. Dogs are great therapists because they don't judge you. Hmm. I, I, it's funny that you said this because I think dogs hold the safest place, spaces. They do, yeah. don't they? Because there's non, they no judgment. Yeah. It's they like, just love you. They, yeah. just, they just love you no matter what. You could be beating them. They're like, I still love you. I, I still know. love you. you know? So it's like, uh, yeah. that's amazing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look in their eyes and it's like you just fall into them. You know? yeah. They're so accepting. You know? I just it's, love it. It's, yeah. um, and I know, you know, and some people believe that dogs can talk, uh, but they're transparent. So it means they're vulnerable. Uh, they're empathetic and they're non-judgmental and those are the three things that you need to create a safe space hmm. 
So dogs mm. are amazing therapists. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and was, oh, oh, is everyone a therapist? Is everyone a therapist? I do to a certain extent, absolutely. Because um, as long as you are uh, practicing empathy and compassion and you're, you're carrying and you're listening to a story, um, therapist is, uh, being a therapist isn't about giving advice. Being a therapist is about holding space. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to actually listen to someone you care about um, and try to understand before trying to be understood, there's a therapeutic process happening. Mm, you may not have the clinical nice. background, yeah. uh, but the therapeutic process is happening with all of us. So it's actually happening in this room. Yeah. yeah. You know? Right, right, right. Good answer. Thank yeah, you. I love it. So, John, what's what's next for you besides, um, obviously, you, you said HarperCollins is, is uh, taking on your book. Yeah. Um, what other projects are you working on? Oh, uh, man, I'm always working on projects. I have uh, just created two audio courses. Um, really? Yeah. Tell one, us about that. One is called Bulletproof Your Relationship. It's a nine-hour audio course oh. because I love doing podcasts I about uh, tools right. on how to relationship better. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I use the word relationship as a verb. Uh, because it takes action to build one. And then the other one is, is on the other spectrum because I started getting emails about, well, I'm single. What about all of us? So I, I did an audio course called Single on Purpose. Hmm. And I thought hmm. that'd be kind of interesting. Like, why, why do you have to be with someone? Let's talk about being single and being okay with it. You know, let's do the work before you get into something so you bring more to the table. Very cool. And I think that's something that no one does because we just jump from one lily pad to another lily pad, like looking for the one. Mm. But let's not do that. Let's work on ourselves. Yeah. So I did that. Yeah. That's and then, nice. Um, yeah. yeah. Then book, this book coming out and uh, the uh, then I teach for my life coaching uh, uh, company and then I'm getting into retreats now. Nice. So I just ran one in Joshua Tree with wow. about 18 people. Beautiful. Are they for the students wow. or for just anyone? No, I, uh, through the angry therapist, I just um, rented this uh, giant yoga house in Joshua Tree. Um, and, you know, the internet, they fall from the sky, filled it up instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a combination of concepts and yoga and mindfulness and energy coaches. And so I put a little team together. Nice. Uh, awesome. And you get that feeling of uh, the breakfast club. <laughs> cool. It was either going to be the Breakfast Club or Jersey Shore, and I didn't know which one. But it Breakfast was, Club, Breakfast yeah. Club, yeah. Yeah. better choice, better good choice. choice for sure. Yeah, that's the right. There wasn't any drama. Yeah. It was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Yeah, and I don't know what's new for me. I don't know what's next for me. I'm hoping that uh, with this book, um, it opens doors to other projects and all that. Mm, very nice. Yeah. Wow. Next is the enlightened therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We got to have goals, right? Yeah. We, yeah. we do. We, we can all goals. aspire. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love um, that you chose that name because it, it really does make, make, it's a head turner. It's kind of like it makes your head spin around and go, wait a minute, what? Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. You know? I never meant for it to, I mean, I didn't know anyone would even follow me. It was just my truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow that always works, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just to be yourself. That, that yeah. always works the best. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And you're having fun, right? I mean, I know it's a lot of hard work, but I mean, there's, there's still an element of fun to it. Isn't I have, there? Yeah, I'm having, I always tell my friends, um, my friends think I run a pyramid scheme. You have no idea what I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Amway. Yeah. It's always the people closest to us. <laughs> but, um, right? you know, they, they, a lot of my friends have quote unquote real jobs. And so if I ever, I told them if I ever complain about my life, just punch me in the face. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the freedom to uh, create content, uh, talk to yourself, write blogs, and kind of you know make your own schedule. That's uh, and, and a lot of people are doing this, which is uh, such a blessing because of the internet. 
um, you know, the, the whole idea of an uh, influencer and like the, the wall coming down where you could just go to your audience, um, whether you are um, creating art or being heard or writing self-betterment books, it doesn't matter. That has changed the world, man. That has given everyone a microphone. Yeah, that's or a right. Megaphone. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Could Bullhorn. you just, yeah? Could you maybe just just uh, take a moment and describe like wh- where can people find all these things about you? Yeah, so I've, I've lately I've been super active on Instagram. So uh, just at the Angry Therapist, uh, and my website is theangrytherapist.com and uh, Facebook, the Angry Therapist. All right, great, yeah. great. Cool. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. It's been great. Really, yeah. I really appreciate you guys coming out. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for taking us into your your safe space. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll get an invoice, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we won't pay it. Yeah, no. 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 <laughs>